The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at newbalance.com. What's up, everyone? I want to tell you about a car that you are going to love. Check it out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, I love that, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. So let's say you're ready to take the family on a camping trip or something like that. The Santa Fe is perfect for you. You've got all-wheel drive. You can load everyone up in the third row. It's time to start being adventurous, and you need the right car, and that's the Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. What a play! Can you believe this? No, I can't. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. Welcome, everybody, to your Tuesday morning show, Fantasy Football Today, Adam, Jamie, and Heath. God, I have not spoken to Heath in a really long time, I feel. Hey, Heath. It's been like 10 days. Yeah. yeah a, lot of things, a lot of things have happened in those 10 days. Julio Jones is a Tampa Bay Buccaneer. So is Kyle Rudolph. How nice was it to, to not talk to me for 10 days? I missed you oh. from time to time. I thought about on vacation calling into the podcast, like <laughs> used to call into radio shows, you know? First time, long time. Uh, all right, so today on the show, everyone is a bus part two. We only got to six players yesterday because we had the Deshaun Watson news. So today we'll talk about Najee Harris, Jamar Chase, Dalvin Cook, Devontae Adams, Stefan Diggs. All of those players, by the way, including Diggs and Adams, they are first-round picks according to Fantasy Pro's PPR ADP. Uh, by the way, Aaron Jones is 20th right now in ADP in PPR uh, on Fantasy Pros, which, true or false, Aaron Jones at 20 is great value in PPR? True. Amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Speaking of amazing, here is a segment called Amazing Stat of the Day that requires no reaction or analysis. I just thought people would find it interesting. Are you ready? No analysis. In 2010... Michael Vick was the number one quarterback in four-point per passing touchdown leagues in 12 games. Can you imagine somebody playing 12 games or maybe 13 games now with the schedule and being the number one quarterback in fantasy, missing four games? Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Okay. Well, there's your analysis. Um, okay. Anyway. Let's get back on track here. I just was looking up quarterback stats, and that really struck me. It was really amazing that Michael Vick was uh, was number one in just 12 games. We uh, we just published a story on, on CBSSports.com. I, I noticed it this morning after my son woke me up at 5.30 in the morning um, that uh, the best players not in the Hall of Fame, and Michael Vick is the quarterback of that list. 
Really? Oh, boy. Best eligible, but not yet in. Um, I, I'm assuming it's retired. Yeah, okay. I don't know, man. That I don't. I looking back, I don't remember him really being that good. Here I remember is, him being uh, a tremendous from playmaker. But Ryan Diardo, who covers the NFL for us, and the list is the quarterbacks are Michael Vick is the starter, Ken Anderson is the backup, and Jim Plunkett is the third string quarterback. The running back is Bo Jackson, followed by Roger Craig and Ricky Williams. The fullback is Mike Alstott. The receivers and several of these guys are eligible that can still get in, but uh, Reggie Wayne and Sterling Sharp, Torrey Holt and Heinz Ward, Andre Johnson is the fifth receiver. This is the great. Tight list. end, you'll love this. Can you guess, Adam, who the tight end is? I'm going to guess it's Jeremy Shockey. What you uh, said. No, but similar tie-in. Uh, no, who? Mark Bavaro. Oh, sure. Uh, with Todd Christensen and Jay Novacek as the other options. Uh, the offensive line is Joe Jacoby, Logan Makins, Jeff Saturday, Walt Sweeney, and Ralph Neely. Well, the running backs, receivers, and tight ends, I think, are more exciting than the quarterbacks on that list. But that's very cool. Good stuff. I, wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. I, They're more exciting than the quarterback you just said finished first overall. Well, I just don't really think that like Michael Vick is not a Hall of Famer. The other guys, like Reggie Wayne, would be surprisingly not a Hall of Famer. You know? When you said... He finished number one overall. I thought you meant he scored more fantasy points over the season. You meant he was number one on a per game. No, basis. he's no in four point per passing touchdown leagues. He scored the most oh, four fantasy point per passing touchdown leagues. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In six point, I think he was QB four or five or something. But in four point leagues, he scored the most fantasy points despite missing four games. I think that's pretty incredible. All right. Anyway, let's uh, let's get to yeah. some fantasy relevant stuff here. Uh, it, question of the day: If you draft Aaron Jones or Nick Chubb early. Does that take you out of the sweepstakes for A.J. Dillon and Kareem Hunt? Or would you be okay drafting both running backs in the same backfield? Uh, Chubb and Jones are mid-round two picks. Dillon is going 66th overall. That's round six. Kareem Hunt around later at 79th overall in a 12-team league. So if you, if you draft the Packers or Browns running back in the second round, does that mean you, you shouldn't draft one in the, uh, the other one in round six or seven? Heath. That's not, I don't feel that way, no. Um, I don't ever end up with the combo, and I think it's because Dylan goes a little bit earlier than I want to take him, and Chubb goes a little bit earlier than I want to take him. But if I was able to get Aaron Jones in round two, and Dylan was there in round six, then, then I wouldn't have any problem with it. Jamie, what do you think? Um, no, I, I'm, I'm fine with it also. The only thing I would not like to do, and it's a little bit tougher with the Packers guys, is to make them my both both make both guys my starting running backs. I'd like to have maybe one as an option as a flex. Mm. And so it's easier to do with the Browns, you know, just because you get at least the round difference on it. I'm trying to find the draft uh, where Will Brinson actually did that with the Packers guys. Oh yeah, and he took um, uh, Aaron Rodgers too, or it's uh, Lazard also. Yes, um, I don't know if I'll be able to find it quickly enough, but. He did. He went heavy on the on the Packers, and I, I know you – it might have been our magazine. Um, no. Uh, I know you asked him, or maybe I asked him about that in the in the questionnaire. Let me see if I can find it real quick. Um, I think I can find it for you, but go ahead. It was our magazine. Um, what? Liar. And he said he's perfectly fine with it. And, you know, if you think about it, if you get the type of production that you got at the end of the season for both guys where Dylan was – much more of a significant factor, it can work. And for the Browns, the beginning of the season last year where, you know, Hunt was amazing and, and Chubb was still very good, 
by his standards, it can work, you know, but the only thing that, you know, you're, you're doing until maybe one gets hurt is you're just limiting your options. Uh, so yeah, here's what Will did. This is his team. If you like this, uh, approach, his quarterback is Lamar Jackson and Aaron Rodgers. He has Aaron Jones, JK Dobbins and AJ Dillon as his top running backs with Jamal Williams and Trey Sermon, his bench, uh, options. So right now Dylan is a flex. His receivers are Terry McLaurin, Alan Lazard, Devontae Smith, and he has Kelsey. So I'm assuming he went Kelsey and Jones. Yeah. And then Dobbins and Lamar, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, this is three receiver PPR. This is three receiver half PPR. Okay. All right. Well, I thought it was an interesting interesting question because I, I tend to really like the values for Dylan and Hunt. And I want those guys. I know, Heath, you said Dylan goes a little too early for you at 66, but I know you do like Kareem Hunt quite a bit at 79. Um, but I you know, I don't want to preclude, preclude myself from, from drafting them by drafting their running back mate. But we think it's okay to do both. You know, you think get both Browns, get both Packers. What I'd prefer to do is draft Aaron Jones and Kareem Hunt. Yeah, that could work too. <laughs> so here's, here, just, here, here's what he, his approach. This is from 12th level Royal. Kelsey, Jones, Dobbins, McLaurin. Um, Dylan and Lamar Jackson. And he took Dylan over just as the other running backs that are in, in the range. And again, we did this draft in June. So keep that in mind how th- some things have changed. He took Dylan over Elijah Mitchell, Kenneth Walker, Clyde Edwards Hilaire, Damien Harris. So you I'm agree fine. with all those, I'm, right? I agree with all those, yes. Heath? I would take Mitchell and Clyde over him, but the rest I'm fine with. All right. Yeah, I can get into the splits a little bit later. We can move on to a new topic. But the last four games of the season was after Aaron Jones came back from the injury, and both Dylan and Jones were must-start guys, absolute must-start guys. But for Dylan, a lot of it was touchdowns. For Jones, it was just you know great workload on pace for 1,400 total yards and 64 catches. Well, Dylan only scored three touchdowns down the stretch, right? Yeah, but that was in four games. So he was on pace for 13 touchdowns. Um yeah, that and that was after Jones. It wasn't after Jones came back from the injury. Remember the first game back from the injury, Jones was just awful. Didn't play that much against the Rams. Um, they seemed to get a little healthier, and they they really split the carries very evenly in those last four games. Thirty eight for Jones, forty five for Dylan. Then you throw in the playoff game, and it was even more. You know, it, Jones had more in the playoff game. So if you look, at the last five games it was almost fifty fifty with the carries. Anyway, all right, let's uh, let's uh, oh oh, the, many of you by the way wanted to be in the Scott Fishbowl, and you're not. Um, well, there's another opportunity to be in something just like the Scott Fishbowl, and that is the Fantasy Football Today Open, the FFT Open. You can find a link to that in our Facebook group. Go to Facebook, search for Fantasy Football Today, or click the link in the episode description. One of our listeners, Casey Simons, runs this every year. It's similar to the Scott Fishbowl. You've got these individual leagues. We're going to have a record turnout this year. And then at some point, I'm not sure the last week of the season in the individual leagues, you know, you advance to a playoff, and then there is a champion. And Casey does an amazing job running the fantasy football today open. So if you want in, you got to join our Facebook group, and it's free, by the way. You join the league, play on CBS. If you never played on CBS Sports, you got to be doing that. We have the best product, um, so this is a way to do that as well and compete against other listeners and other viewers. So it's a big, you know, big community fantasy football today, and you can be in the FFT open. Uh, in terms of big news from yesterday, I'll ask you guys what stood out, and then we'll get into the busts, uh, the bust cases for the top players. We'll get back into the news later on in the show. But I do want to mention that there's still a chance 
that Deshaun Watson could have a, a longer suspension if the NFL appeals it and it would go to Roger Goodell. So this we should know within a week, but he's not completely out of the woods yet as far as it just being a six-game suspension. If you are drafting, if you're selecting keepers or whatever, just keep that in mind. It could be longer. Um, it's, it's really up to Roger Goodell right now, which you can debate the merits of that system, but that's, that's what it is. All right, what, uh, Jamie, what was uh, a headline from yesterday that, that we should talk about? Biggest news from yesterday. I think it's got to be Alvin Kamara's uh, case being pushed back two months, uh, the hearing being pushed back two months. So it's looking more and more likely, which I think is the way it was trending anyway, but I, we know we needed to get past yesterday's court date of that he's going to play in this upcoming season and whatever suspension he may face, if in fact he is going to face one, could happen in 2023. So for those of you drafting Alvin Kamara, and again, you know, I, I think we got a little criticism yesterday about, you know, maybe seeming a little insensitive about some of the situation that we're talking about. Our job is to evaluate players. You know, we don't get into the morality of some of these things. So um, I, I apologize, at least for my own part, if, if we came across insensitive in any way. Uh, but just in terms of fantasy value for these guys, you know, for, for Kamara's sake, um, for people that were drafting him in letting him fall to the end of round two, in some cases round three, you clearly got a very good value there for a guy that is going to exceed that. Now, is he still a round one talent? That's the question you have to ask yourself. And looking at the way that things shook out at the end of last year with Mark Ingram, changing quarterback, more weapons around them. I would not draft him in round one, but I put him firmly in the middle of round two, and I'm very comfortable taking him there. I don't know if I'll get him, but uh, round two, I, I should say middle round two, top 15 picks, you know, right around 15 overall is where I would look for Kamara. You like Swift and Jones better than Kamara? I do. Okay. Um, Heath, how about you? Swift, Jones, Kamara, how would you rank them? I would rank them Jones, Swift, Kamara. Okay. And Jamie, I think, is Swift, Jones, Kamara, right? Yeah, I want to see what uh, they say about Justin Jackson who signed yesterday. Mm -hmm. You know, if he's going to have any chance of, you know, making this more of a, of, of a committee. Um, I hope not. Uh, in which case, I'll go back to Jones. But they're back-to-back -back for me. Okay, Heath, uh, any big news from yesterday that we need to get to? Yeah, and it's, I don't know how much it's to do with the guy who got hurt, but James Washington fracturing his foot with the fact that Michael Gallup's not expected to be ready for week one. This really sets up nicely for Tolbert to get off to a fast start. and It may just mean that James Washington's never one of the top wide, three wide receivers on the Cowboys this season. I gave a small boost to Tolbert, a small boost to Pollard in terms of targets, and a small boost to Dalton Schultz. Um, and actually... I'm a, I wonder if we've overlooked a little bit Dak Prescott and concerns just with like who his number three or two even wide receiver is going to be. If Tolbert doesn't step up, it could be bad times for Prescott. Yeah, right. We were talking about potential ADP risers in a show last week, and Russell Wilson was one for Dave, and I think Jamie said Jalen Hurts. I think that's what it was. And I said, who could they jump over? And Dak seemed like a logical one to me, just because there's not the same. Not to say that it's that it that it should be the case, but you know how fantasy managers get, right? You want to feel excited about somebody. You want there to be some buzz. And Dak's kind of boring, but really, really good. But you know what I'm saying, Heath? He could be a guy that Russell Wilson and Jalen Hurts jump in ADP. And Dak, I think, is QB seven. I'll check. Uh, I could see him ending up being QB nine, QB ten, something like that, just because there may not be the same level of enthusiasm for him and people might start, you know, looking at the negatives. Yeah. I already had Hertz ahead of uh, Dak and I've got Dak and Wilson back to back. I, 
I do think, like, you're right about the way that people view Dak, but I don't necessarily think that's fair. Like, last year he finished his QB7 and didn't run hardly at all, and everybody expects him to run more this year, and he was even better than that before last year. So I, I think Dak has just as much excitement or potential excitement and potential upside as the rest of these guys in this tier, but you're right about the way they're perceived. I'm kind of surprised that Hurts and Wilson aren't already ahead. Uh, so maybe things have changed over the last week, or maybe I just got the name wrong, but Hurts is now QB7 and Dak is QB8. Brady is QB9. I have a different than fantasy pros. I don't know where you're looking. So I'm looking at the PPR ADP, and what's weird about fantasy pros is if you look at overall, and then you just sort by quarterback, it does change. So in looking at overall ADP, which is what I'm looking at, Hertz is QB seven, Dak is QB eight, Brady is QB nine, and Wilson's QB ten. If you hit quarterback, Dak is seven, Hertz is eight, Brady is nine, Rogers is ten. Is that what you're looking at? Yes. Wilson's eleven. So I'm not quite sure what to go with. I've just been using overall. Uh, but let's just say they're close. I, I struggle for me. I, I'm with Heath. Obviously, we, we both, I think, are in the Hertz camp. Um, Burrow, Prescott, and Trey Lance. Because I think if Trey Lance hits, he's better than both. Uh, right now, I have him ranked behind both. Um, and looking at Burrow and, and, and Dak, if the rushing numbers are similar, I mean, you know, you know Heath just alluded to this, finding the targets for for Dak seem like a little bit of a problem right now because of, you know, losing bodies. Whereas Burrow's got, the, you know, I mean, the, the, the best trio of wide receivers in the league, um, at least on paper. And it's hard not to like Burrow more. I mean, obviously the public does. I don't think we do collectively. Uh, okay. Well, you do, I don't know if I do. Uh, Burrow, Burrow versus Dak versus Brady is a tough one for me right now. Uh, Matt, Brady should be ahead of those guys. I, yeah, I, I, I mean, I, he, he, I don't know. Did you feel that way before the Julio Jones signing and before the Godwin? In Brady ahead of Burrow and Dak. Yeah. Yes. Always. Oh yeah. Yeah, I had Brady up there with Hertz and Lamar. Yeah, I'm, I'm the low guy on Brady, and I, I still would take him over those guys. Like there, there's a well, teardrop after Brady. Well, ADP is the low guy on Brady compared to you because you're still, if you're the low guy on Brady, you're still higher than ADP. Yep. Yes, I see. He's ninth. Yeah, no, I'm serious. I'm not trying to. No, no, I'm, 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 I agree with you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, I, I got to ask you another question about Kamara. I'm sorry, I meant to, I meant to ask. Uh, the the hearing is September 30th now. Could always get pushed back again. But do you draft him thinking there's a chance that he could have a mid season suspension, which we saw from Zeke? What was that? Three, four years ago, or do you, do you really feel like it'll be next year, if anything? Everything I'm reading. Seems like it's going to be next year if he gets suspended. Um, but certainly there is that chance. I think he would have to get convicted, though, for that no. to happen, if I'm not mistaken. No, because the NFL could just say you violated the code of conduct, right? I mean, that's the whole well, Sean Watson was never convicted. I think Jamie's mostly right, except for one wild card that we just have no idea of knowing how possible it is. What if the video shows up? Right. Mm. Okay. Uh, Matthew Stafford's still limited, by the way, and feeling some pain in his elbow. When do you guys? They're not worried. Rams say. When do you guys get worried about this situation? Closer to the season. I mean, you know, this. They're they're starting to feel like uh, not a, not a Super Bowl hangover because they won. Typically, it's the hangovers for the losing team. Um, but man, I mean, you know, losing bodies. Yeah, Van Jefferson good. out for a while. Might not be ready for Week One. 
I, I do not. I do not like it. It makes me really want to uh, lean into Jefferson Overcup, but I'm not there yet. Van Jefferson Overcup. No. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> all right. Everyone is a bus part two. So we did six players yesterday. They were Jonathan Taylor, Christian McCaffrey, Austin Eckler, Cooper Cup, Justin Jefferson, and Derrick Henry. So we'll pick it up. Fantasy ADP, Fantasy Pros ADP, and full PPR. Najee Harris is seventh. So we'll start with him. And Heath, you actually, I'm not going to say you think he's a bust, but you do think it is going a little early at seven. So make the bust case for Najee Harris. And the way this exercise works is, I'm going to make somebody make a bus case for him, and then we're going to say if we actually believe it. This is not what we feel. This is just being negative for the sake of being negative, which is why you show up to listen to podcasts, right? All right, Najee well, Harris, Heath, the, the bus case. I actually did put Harris in my bust column, so this this won't be that difficult um, for me. I, I don't know if anybody will agree with it, but no, I think the case for him as a bust is that this offense doesn't get better going from Ben Roethlisberger to Trubisky and or Kenny Pickett. But they do throw less, and a lower percentage of their passes go to running backs. And so Harris doesn't score more touchdowns than he did last year, has similar yardage numbers, but 20 fewer catches and fewer receiving yards. And he was only RB8 on a per-game basis last year. So he doesn't have to be a whole lot worse than RB8 to be at least a bad value at the seventh pick overall. Jamie, you buy the bus case for Najee Harris, and how concerned are you? I, I buy the case, uh, but I still buy the player. Um, you know, I, I think as we saw last year, and, and I know he's brought it up, but, you know, he's kind of, I think, talked out of both sides of his mouth, if I'm not mistaken, saying he would be welcome to more, uh, more rest, but also is not concerned if he has 500 carries or 500 touches, whatever he said. Yeah. Um, so I think he's certainly built for it. I think that um, there, there clearly is going to be a change in, in offensive approach and potentially philosophy. But I also trust Mike Tomlin and Mike Tomlin's running backs, his lead running backs, when he's had a guy, that guy has typically been fantastic. And I think Najee Harris is certainly in the mold of peak Le'Veon Bell, uh, peak D'Angelo Williams when he stepped in for it, peak James Conner, you know, uh, peak Willie Parker, you know, whoever you want to put, put back there. Um, Najee, I think, will will certainly live up to it. Now, it's you know, I I think when you start to compare him to the guys that are around him, you know, Derrick Henry, Joe Mixon, Dalvin Cook, you can make a case for and against each of them. So if you want to go in a different direction, and uh, I was thinking about this when you were talking at the start of the show about uh, Heath not being here, that we had at least one draft, maybe two, uh, without Heath, um, and it kind of two players in in polar opposites for him to a certain degree. Najee fell to eleven. In one draft, which we've we've never seen, yeah. Um, and Mark Andrews made it to the third round, which we <laughs> never see. You know, so um, two things without Keith being there that are a little bit of a surprise. One that that you know Najee fell, but obviously more so Andrews. But in any event, um, it's uh, it, it. I think it's encouraging based on what he did as a rookie. And I do think this offense will be slightly better uh, without Ben there holding them back. Okay, uh, Jamie, do you, are you good with Najee at seven? Totally. I don't know how to. I chose Mixon over Najee in a draft last week, and to me, I just view them very similarly. But I'm just going to take the guy on the better offense, which with the probably significantly better offensive line. I actually, you know, I don't know who's going to be more efficient. Hasn't really been Mixon's specialty, but 
through one season. It hasn't been Najee's either. So I, I feel like the touches are going to be fairly similar, probably fewer catches for Mixon. Um, but, yeah, I, I recently switched to Mixon over Harris just because I'm. it's a bet on the Bengals more over a bet on the Steelers. What do you guys go with? Obviously, Heath is going to go Mixon, right? Yeah. Yeah. Jamie, how about you? Mixon or Harris? I don't have a problem with that. You know, for me, it's uh, it's format. Half and, and non-PPR, I'll take Mixon because I agree with you. I think there's more touchdown potential. Uh, PPR, I'll take Najee because I think there's, you know, potentially maybe 30 more catches for him. All right, we're going to do a bust case for the number eight player in ADP, and that is Dalvin Cook. We'll see. We'll challenge Jamie to come up with a bust case for Dalvin Cook that does not involve injury. But right now we want to talk to you about Peloton. Everyone wants their workout to be fun, and Peloton makes it fun and enjoyable, and they have world-class instructors who are experts at motivating you, and you can easily fit Peloton workouts into your schedule, too. I know everybody's busy, so that's, that's a big priority here. And how do I know all of this? Because Jamie Eisenberg is obsessed with Peloton. He's probably already done a Peloton exercise today. If he could podcast on Peloton, he would do that. So I'm going to let you, Jamie, talk to the listeners and the viewers about Peloton and why they need to sign up. So uh, just a peek behind the curtain. So there's a camera in front of me. There's a bookcase behind me. I'm in the office in our house, uh, which is also uh, a, a multi-used uh, room. And right over, over there is, uh, is, is my Peloton bike. On the floor is two floor mats. Um, my wife likes to do a lot of yoga classes. She loves it. Um, I love riding the Peloton whenever I can. I was right if I can <laughs> certainly do it now. Uh, I try to do our mock drafts on there whenever I get a chance to. We actually have a desk on our Peloton. That I like to use, but the instructors, as Adam mentioned, are amazing. Hannah Corbin, Jess King are two of my favorites. Alex Toussaint as well. Uh, I, I made sure to ask my wife because she's uh, much more obsessed with it than I am. Uh, she loves Alex Toussaint, Emma Lovewell, and Andy Spear as well. Uh, the music is great. You get a chance just to zone out and listen to some, you know, just awesome tunes as they choose for. You could also make your own playlist. Um, I love the scenic rides personally. You know, just get a chance to uh, kind of zone out. But also for me, like I said, we have a desk on there, so I get a chance to to work on it. But it's just a, a great workout. Um, we we actually use a lot of the different stuff on the app. Um, like I said, my wife does yoga, meditation. Uh, we actually use the meditation to put our kids to sleep at night. They love it. So it's just a, a well-rounded workout, well-rounded lifestyle change. Um, I am a tried and true Peloton user. Um, could certainly use a little more, get some of the weight off. But, uh, you know, it's, uh, <laughs> Go for it's it. a great workout and I love it. Yeah, we can handle the next 15, 20 minutes. Who gotcha? Uh, <laughs> motivation that moves you anytime, anywhere. Try the Peloton bike or tread risk-free for 30 days. Learn more at one Peloton. Dot com. That's one P E L O T O N dot com. New members only and terms apply. All right, Jamie, you said all these good things about Peloton. Now say some bad things about Dalvin Cook. He is eighth in ADP on Fantasy Pros. Make the bus case for Dalvin Cook. Well, assuming he stays healthy, you know, age is, is a factor as we've brought up. Um, you know, 27 or older don't finish in the top six. So, you know, upside might be capped. He's talked about Alexander Madison getting a bigger role. And if that's the case, you know, this is a regime change, you know, so maybe Kevin O'Connell doesn't want to run Dalvin Cook into the ground because they have playoff and Super Bowl aspirations, so they want to keep him healthier uh, for the end of the season. A more aggressive approach throwing the ball, so the touchdowns don't come up, and we still see him, you know, stuck under 10, still with the chance to run the ball at a very high level, but not as involved in the passing game as they've said because they're going to use more K.J. Osborne and Irv Smith is there. So uh, could have some empty carries for Dalvin Cook. I don't believe any of what I'm saying, but yes, that could be the case. <laughs> Heath, do you see bus concerns for Cook? Do you believe anything of what Jamie said? 
Uh, yeah, I think the, the the thing maybe that would be the most concerning would be as if he shares just a little bit more rushing, and then the Rams running back target rate from the past two years becomes the Vikings running back target rate this year. They've been mm-hmm. last or de- next to last each of the past two years, like 12 to 13% of their passes have gone to running backs. So if I don't think that's going to happen. They're talking about playing him at wide receiver. Um, but if it does, that would that would cause him to bust. And do you care at all that he sort of struggled down the stretch? He's been so great in yards per carry, 4.5 yards per carry or more every season. But uh, last year, fewer than four yards per carry in five of his last seven games. And remember that game against the Steelers, 27 carries, 205 yards, two touchdowns. The Steelers were a joke at that point. They were a mess, and he he really boosted his numbers. So I'm just wondering, you know, did we did we start to see some slippage? He obviously has trouble staying healthy. Is anybody concerned that that you know the arrow is pointing down for Dalvin Cook and and uh, he's not really the player that he once was? Only in Dynasty. Okay. I mean, I look. It's not. It's not pointing up to the same degree. Right. It's probably leveling off. Yeah. So, you know, are you going to get, I mean, I've said this a few times, you know, th- this is probably his last great season, superstar season. And then you, yeah, I think I have to start to worry about it, but I think, you know, you, this, this is still a very good offensive line. I like the coaching staff. I still love the player, love the talent. And, you know, hopefully it's a, uh, you know, one last chance at leading the NFL and rushing stays healthy 15 plus touchdowns. You know, I, I wrote the story for our magazine. It's on the site as well um, on Jonathan Taylor and, you know, five guys who could challenge to be the number one running back. And he's in the five. Um, like if you wanted some more ammunition for that case, Adam, he did have a career low in receptions per game, receiving yards per game and yards per target and yards per touch last year. Yeah, you know what's annoying, though? Alexander Madison had something like 19 catches in the four games that Cook missed. <laughs> I don't get that. <laughs> Why? You know, they, they're obviously thrown to the running backs in those games. Uh, and then in terms of Madison, you know, if you're someone who values this, Dalvin Cook seems to have, based you know based on the previous regime anyway, not only a clear handcuff, but an incredible handcuff. And that that might sway you. You know, it's a personal thing. Sometimes people like getting the handcuff for another running back. But if you're saying, man, should I go Mixon or Cook? Well, obviously, you have a much better handcuff option with Dalvin. Or Najee. Yeah, Najee, too. Exactly. Or most running backs, to be quite honest. All right, let's see who's next in the bustathon here. It is Jamar Chase. He'll be wide receiver three in Fantasy Pros ADP, number nine overall. Heath, you can make the bust case for Jamar Chase. Uh, the 50-yard touchdowns disappear like they have for basically everybody except for Randy Moss, and he does not replace it with a big increase in volume because T. Higgins is better than him. Doesn't seem that far-fetched. Well, the T. Higgins is better than him <laughs> thing. You kind of threw that in there at the end. The rest of it didn't seem so far-fetched, I but guess. For, for in terms of fantasy production, T. Higgins was better than him when they played together last year, right? I know. If you take out the Baltimore game. <sighs> if you take out the Baltimore game, okay. I don't know if it's true. I, I think what Jacob said, <laughs> I never said that. Jacob said that I believe that the yards per route run, I think Higgins was better than Chase when they were both on the field together. Um, I believe that was the stat. I honestly don't know about it. I don't, I don't think that's true. But, um, 
but yeah, anyway, uh, Jamie, what do you think about that bus case? So he had five touchdown catches or six touchdown catches of 50 or more yards last year. That's very hard to replicate. And, you know, he, he won't, the volume won't be there, I guess, uh, to compensate. What do you think? Could certainly happen. Uh, but he also could actually figure out how to play in the NFL. And that's not a knock on him. It's just, you know, he, he missed a year of college. And then, hey, it's your job now. And, and still, you know, dealing with COVID protocols last summer. Um, you know, hopefully it's, it's a, a, a more robust route tree. You know, I, I, I think I've referenced this a few times around the time of the owners meeting, Zach Taylor talking about how this applies to most rookies, him as well, getting thrown into it, trying to find a place to live, learning the offense, getting, you know, used to your quarterback. You know, I, this is why I kind of gravitate toward 30 receivers a lot is because they say it takes, you know, two years to finally, to finally grasp it. And imagine, you know, just he's, his understanding of the league gets better. And so I like the friendly uh, rivalry that he's got with his college teammate in Justin Jefferson about trying to best him again after having a better rookie season than he did. Um, so it's going to be fun to see these guys go back and forth. I, I think the sky's the limit for Jamar Chase. So um, I do think the volume will be there for him. That's not a concern for me. I'm going to give you guys a stat on Jamar Chase and T. Higgins, uh, who is, everybody has ranked in their top 16. Over the last six seasons, there have been 14 pairs of wide receivers who have finished top 16. Right? Both, both wide receivers on one team finished top 16. Of those 14 pairs, only four times did we have a top five finisher, and only twice did we have a wide receiver finish higher than wide receiver four. And that was Jordy Nelson in 2016. I believe his running mate was Devontae Adams that year as a top 16 guy. And Chris Godwin in 2019, uh, they were both uh, wide receiver two in PPR um, with a top 16, you know, teammate. So the point is most of the guys who finish in the top three, let's say, and most of the guys who finish in the top five do not have a number two wide receiver on their team uh, as good as T. Higgins. So... That's pretty interesting, and maybe maybe it doesn't matter, and Jamar Chase bucks the trend, or maybe one of them suffers at the expense of the other, and and you know what I mean. So I don't know. What do you make of that? It's a good case for him finishing fourth or fifth instead of third, but or first, right? I mean, that's the thing is you if you draft him in the first round, you at least want the possibility that he's going to finish first. The the catches are very. What do you? How many catches do you have Jamar Chase projected for, Heath? Catches? I've got Jamar Chase projected. I'm almost there. Nine four. Yeah, that 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 is a very very low total, for if he finishes number one, you're not you just don't see that. You don't see fewer than a hundred catch. I don't even know what how to calibrate it now with seventeen games, but ninety four catches if he finishes wide receiver one would be. Very low for for wide receiver. Well, one. and that's that's why, and this is like I don't know if I've talked about this or not, but I have a massive difference between Cup and Jefferson and Chase because of catches. Um, in terms, of, well, in terms of fantasy points. Yeah, is it because of the catches? Yes. Right. Um, in PPR, there's um, just about the same difference between Chase and Jefferson as there is Chase and McLaurin. Wow. <laughs> 
I don't know. Yeah, I mean, look, I love Jamar Chase, but but that does stand out, Jamie. The catches are lower. The projected catches lower than what you'd normally see from wide receiver one. And then you've got the Higgins thing. And I know you guys don't have him ranked as wide receiver one, but you'd at least like the the possibility of him finishing there. Uh, what do you think, Jamie, the chances are? And we'll finish on this with Chase. How good are his chances of finishing as the number one wide receiver in fantasy? I mean, they're definitely high. I wouldn't rank him third if I didn't feel that way. And like I said, I, I, I think we'll see, you know, I don't, I don't know if he'll be significantly, I don't know if he'll significantly exceed Heath's projections or what the projections are, but I mean, maybe 105, maybe 110. You know, I don't think he's going to be that much over that number in terms of reception, barring a T. Higgins or a Tyler Boyd injury. But I think also, you know, when you start to look at the two guys in front of him, you know, you made this case a lot, Adam, why Justin Jefferson hasn't been as good. You made this yesterday, you know, when Thielen's been on the field. And so if Thielen's on the field the entire season, will Jefferson reach the heights that we have for him? Is Allen Robinson better than anybody else Cooper Cup has played with? That could certainly be the case. You know, so in terms of running mates, they all have guys there and, you know, things that you could see that can sort of knock them from their perch. Um, you know, it may be a case for, Stephon Diggs, you know, if you don't believe in Gabriel Davis or, you know, Jameson Crowder there, you know, just in terms of maybe him getting back to where he was two years ago. So uh, Devontae Adams, you know, any, any of these guys up there, you know, C.D. Lamb now has lost another, you know, competition for targets. So, you know, you, you can you can certainly see the, the potential flaws um, there. But, you know, it's also I think when you're looking at, at, at Jefferson and Chase in particular, more so Chase, what can he become? Oh, and yeah, he's a beast. Yeah. He's a beast. Um, he had 64 fewer catches than Cooper Cup <laughs> last year, which is amazing. Uh, okay, well, that, that'll do it. Uh, you know, maybe the summary is Jamar Chase has a better chance of finishing his wide receiver one in non-PPR than he does in full PPR, and and obviously half PPR be right in the middle. But it's like Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill was comparing him to the rest of his position. He was a little more valuable, I think, in not in half PPR than he was in full PPR before last year when he kind of became a different receiver. All right, let's take a break here, and we'll finish up the round one guys, Devontae Adams, Stefan Diggs, uh, Joe Mixon as well. We'll be right back on Fantasy Football Today to make more bust cases. Be right back. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. 
Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash rs10 today. All right, let's go to Devontae Adams. We'll go faster here. We spent a lot of time on those first three guys, Najee Harris, Dalvin Cook, and Jamar Chase. So let's just do two to three minutes per player here. And Heath, you can make the bus case for Devontae Adams. Uh, yeah, he's on a new team that has Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro, who are going to take a much larger larger share of the targets than anybody he's played with in the last few years. And he's playing with a quarterback who doesn't throw that many touchdowns, so he doesn't have a super high touchdown rate either. Yeah, and Jamie, do you, do you believe it? Heath, do you believe that? I yeah, I kind of I, like. I think last I looked, Devonte, I, I don't have Devonte Adams in the first round, so um, I'd rather take him in the middle of the second. So I think he's being overdrafted. And Jamie, he is a second round receiver for me, second round player. Um, I actually have CD Lamb ahead of him, so he's not in my top five. Uh, I asked Devon Diggs at him too. Um, I, I've, I've told you this a few times. Uh, 104, 86, and 59. That's the difference in targets between Devontae Adams and the number two guy the last three seasons in Green Bay. Uh, I doubt it's that steep. And I doubt that he's going to be at the level that he has been. And that's saying how great he's been. I think he can still be in the range of 17.7 PPR points per game or 15.9 PPR points per game. And in those two, those, those two numbers, in 2019, he was a top 10 guy. And in 2017, which was the 15.9, he was still a top 10 guy. So I don't think he's going to fall off. I don't think he's going to be a, a total bust. I just don't think he's going to finish in the top three. And so that's why I'm not taking him in the first round. Okay. Uh, let's go to Joe Mixon here. Uh, I'll tell you this. Since... If we go back to the 2019 season, he had an ankle injury early. He struggled for the first half of the 2019 season. This is Joe Mixon. Uh, after the bye, he was much better. And so since week 10 of 2019, that is 30 games, Joe Mixon has averaged 19.6 carries per game, and he's been on pace for 45 catches per 17 games. So he has been a workhorse, and the numbers were like 18.3 carries per game, but a true workhorse, which is why I've been comparing him to Najee Harris and why I've had trouble deciding between the two. ADP has Harris at 7 and Mixon at 11. Um, Jamie, make a bust case for Joe Mixon. I think really it's just a matter of do the touchdowns come down and do the receptions not go up? And so if those two things happen... Still should be a very good player. Uh, you mentioned that the offensive line is, is significantly upgraded. Joe Burrow should continue to improve. Receiving core is awesome. But if Chris Evans has more of a role and the touchdowns go more, they start to throw the ball a little bit more in the red zone, a little bit more near the goal line, um, then I think Joe Burrow doesn't you know, leap over the guys that he's going ahead of. And Najee Harris, Dalvin Cook being the two, I think that – those three guys will get lumped together because I don't think he's going to be in the same conversation as Derrick Henry and Austin Eckler, Christian McCaffrey, and Jonathan Taylor. So he's in that next group, understandably so. But if you're drafting him, you're drafting him to be better than those guys. And if those things don't happen, touchdowns and receptions in PPR, it's going to be tough. You know, Heath, we should look back to 2020 with Joe Mixon. He had a great game against the Jaguars. He scored 41.2 PPR fantasy points, uh, a massive game. The other five games, he's really he kind of stunk, and people forget about it. But he averaged 2.9 yards per carry in those games. Um, then he missed the last 10 games of the season. But Joe Mixon in 2020 was one of our hottest topics on a weekly basis. Like, what is going on with Joe Mixon? You know, should I sit Joe Mixon? He had an ankle injury, right? No, that was Wasn't 2019. I thought he was playing through an ankle injury then, too. 
I don't think so. Uh, he okay. he got hurt and missed the last ten games of the year, and that was another, and people hated Joe Mixon for it, and they were just sworn off of Joe Mixon. So he had his best full season last year. Should we expect something similar this year? I mean, I think it, it, there's a little bit of a wide range of outcomes. I did not forget about those first six games because I feel like we spent all last off season rehashing them um, <laughs> and debating whether he was actually bad or not. I'm True. glad we don't have to do that anymore. Yes. Um, no, I, I, there, the risk would be, and you've talked about this with Joe Burrow, and people are drafting Joe Burrow as if he's going to throw a whole lot more. So I think the risk would be that they, they do throw a whole lot more and they keep playing other running backs on third down over Joe Mixon. But I, he's on a really good offense and he's probably going to get 20 touches a game. It's hard to right, make right. an argument against that guy that doesn't include an injury. Well, it's hard to make an argument against Stefan Diggs, except look at the production especially in the playoffs. Josh Allen threw for 637 yards and five touchdowns in the playoffs, and Stephon Diggs had 67 of those yards. Uh, so about 10%, a little, little uh, more than 10%. But yeah, he, he had a somewhat disappointing season. And Stephon Diggs, you know, a ton of targets, two straight years. Heath, what's the bus case against Stephon Diggs, who was going 12th in Fantasy Pros PPR ADP? Yeah, I mean, I think it's that... 2020 is the clear outlier in his career and you should expect a, an 11 or 1200 yard receiver who scores six to 10 touchdowns and not the 1500 yard guy we got in 2020. Gabriel Davis is obviously the next coming um, <laughs> great, great wide receiver. Who's going in round four or five now. So he's going to take targets away from Diggs. No, I don't really believe it. I think Diggs is fine. Yeah, but the 1,200 yards, I, I think that was really shocking to me. 164 targets and only 1,225, 1,225 yards. Jamie, is that what you expect? You expect a 1,200-yard receiver, or, or what did he have? I'll check the year before. Uh, 1,535. 15, I, I think you just kind of go, go somewhere in between, you know, and, and live with that. You know, I, I would anticipate probably a little bit of a target reduction, you know, just because they have a pass catching running back that they're going to use. They have a second tight end. I think they're going to use, you know, they have multiple options that they didn't have last season, you know, whether it's Crowder or Gabriel Davis, or maybe Khalil Shakir, you know, somebody that will just do, you know, something as the third guy where Emmanuel Sanders really didn't last season and Gabriel Davis didn't trust. And so, you know, uh, between Knox and, and Howard and, and, and every option that they have there, you know, maybe we see him go from 165 on average the last two years to closer to 150. So, you know, not a not a steep decline, but enough of a decline that, you know, maybe he is closer to 110 catches as opposed to 127 or, you know, slightly better, just slightly better than the 103. Um, but, you know, again, if, if, if you're taking the average of two seasons with Josh Allen, that's an elite level player. And that's the kind of guy I think you want to target in the first round. You're okay with him 12th overall? I am, yes. Okay. Heath? Yeah, I, I'd rather him around two. Okay, so thirteenth, fifteenth. I think I've got him eighteen actually. Oh, okay. Uh, Don, I'm just gonna give you the next, the next six guys in ADP, and they are DeAndre Swift, Travis Kelsey, Nick Chubb, Debo Samuel, and CD Lamb, and Alvin Kamara. Sorry, uh, DeAndre Swift, Travis Kelsey, Nick Chubb, Debo Samuel, CD Lamb, Alvin Kamara. Heath, who's got the most bust potential in that group of six? Assuming we're not considering injury, I will say C.D. Lamb. Um, just on the off chance that even with 
Michael Gallup not quite ready for the start of the year. They just don't feature a guy um, at a 26 27% target share, which might be what CeeDee Lamb needs to be worthy of a second-round pick. Jamie, how about you? Give me the biggest bust potential in that group. Swift, Kelsey, uh, Nick Chubb, Debo Samuel, C.D. Lamb, Alvin Kamara. Non-injury for me, it's Debo. Um, you know, just looking at his uh, potential decline in rushing attempts and rushing production, um, losing some targets to Brandon Ayuk and, and George Kittle, certainly as we saw down the stretch last season. Trey Lance not being as uh, competent as a passer in some cases as Jimmy Garoppolo, at least in terms of how the ball is delivered to Debo Samuel. And so very similar to Devontae Adams, as I said, still being a very good player, just not living up to that ADP. Yeah, and I don't think anybody has, any CBS person, uh, CBSer, has Nick Chubb 15th overall in full PPR. Uh, I think that's too rich for your blood there, right? Yes. Yes. Um, yeah, and and Deshaun Watson, you know, and a Houston running in Watson's three full seasons, Houston running back scored seven, eight, and seven touchdowns, rushing touchdowns. He scored five, seven, and three rushing touchdowns. Who were those guys? They were Lamar Miller, Carlos Hyde, and David Johnson. Yeah, there's a little difference there. I I know that, but I, my the point is Chubb has some goal line competition that he didn't have in Deshaun Watson. Okay. Well, he had some goal line competition in Kareem Hunt. Yes, he does. That'll factor in another guy there, Deshaun Watson. All right, let's uh, finish up. We'll look at the other news items that you might be interested in. And then we'll read your emails at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. So quarterback news. Geno Smith is still the leader in the quarterback battle for Seattle. And Kyler Murray has COVID, so he's out a minimum of five days. (sighs) Running back news. We told you about Alvin Kamara. His court case pushed to September 29th. Najee Harris was stepped on. He left practice early. He should be fine. Antonio Gibson appears to be over his hamstring injury. ESPN's Elena Getzenberg thinks that Zach Moss is trending toward having a role in the Buffalo offense. So when should Devin Singletary be drafted, in your opinion, Jamie? Not before round six in most formats, maybe round seven in PPR. Um I like where he went. So we, we do this. It's going to be on the site. It's our pick-by-pick series where um, we keep increasing every year, which I think is more fun. Uh, it's six of us this year, the three of us, Dave, Dan Schneier, and Chris Towers. And we each take two teams in a 12-team PPR draft. And Singletary fell and fell and fell and fell and fell, and you took him in the, in the eighth round. Um, I did, right? Clearly, huh? I did, right? Yes, Adam, sorry. Yeah. Um, clearly, we have – I think Dave is the only one that's really – for a pro Devin Singletary, we sort of have a little bit of a bias against Devin Singletary. think you're going to get a very serviceable running back, but I don't know if there's a big ceiling, certainly not the ceiling that we saw at the end of last year. And so that's the concern. If Zach Moss is going to take away some of his carries and James Cook is going to take away his passes, then you're talking about a lot of empty production potentially if he's not somehow superstar in the other work that he gets. Maybe back to Devin single carry, but I, <laughs> I've got him in round eight in PPR. I think he may be a guy who has the one of the biggest splits for me between non and full PPR for now. But if Moss is involved, then it won't be much of a split because he'll be on round eight and non PPR as well. Detroit signed running back Justin Jackson. So, do you bother handcuffing DeAndre Swift? And if so, who would it be? Mm. I think it's still got to be Jamal Williams, but. 
uh, I mean, they, they kind of tipped their hand last year, right? When, when Swift missed time, it was a huge committee. Uh, the Jaguar Jaguars rookie Snoop Connor had a good practice on Monday, so that is just a name to know if James Robinson is not ready for Week One. Snoop Connor and wide receiver news: the San Francisco 49ers will use Debo Samuel in the run game, and he will get paid extra for his run production. That's right. Dallas wide receiver James Washington out six to ten weeks. We talked about that fractured foot. Rams wide receiver Van Jefferson could miss Week One. He's going to have minor knee surgery. Uh, we don't talk about Tyquan Thornton much, rookie wide receiver for the Patriots. He had a good practice on Monday. Do you guys, is he on your radar at all, Tyquan Thornton? Uh, you know, let me tie it into the next news item, which is that, uh, according to Pro Football Network, Will Fuller is getting some nibbles, but more likely to sign with a team later in the preseason. Would which you, makes a lot of sense. You don't want to risk Will Fuller during practice. <laughs> <laughs> Would you rather draft Tyquan Thornton or Will Fuller? Obviously, we're getting deep here. Will Fuller. Um, Fuller. The Patriots receiving core is very interesting. It's not very exciting. Someone will emerge from there that, you know, I I think that you'll say, why didn't I spend a late round pick on this guy? I think right now, if you're prioritizing them, Parker's had a strong start to camp. You know, clearly his resume is is the best. Jacoby Myers is always going to be undervalued, but you have the touchdown concerns there with him. Uh, Kendrick Bourne. You know, when you look at advanced metrics for the Patriots, everybody gets excited about him. But again, you're getting excited about him. And then Tyquan Thornton, you know, so when you factor in the tight ends and how they're going to run the ball, it just feels like it's going to be a very icky situation throughout the course of the season. One week, one guy will do something. You'll say, why didn't I start him? You'll go pick him up. And then the next week, it'll be the next guy. You know, so you're asking Mac Jones to, you know, hopefully feature one of these guys. Parker would be the one I would gamble on most. And two other wide receiver notes. Atlanta wide receiver Brian Edwards does not have a long-term injury, according to head coach Arthur Smith. And Denver wide receiver K.J. Hamler is off the pup list. In week three last year, Hamler tore his ACL and dislocated his hip, so it's great to see him back. Uh, Uh, Brian Edwards, I just saw a tweet earlier in the show that he landed on his shoulder, apparently, and he's back at practice this morning with a yellow, yellow jersey on. And uh, some defensive news. Seattle safety Jamal Adams has a broken finger, but he will probably... Have If he has surgery, it will be after the season. Carolina cornerback J.C. Horn is off the pup list. And Giants rookie safety Dane Belton broke his collarbone. Still has a chance to be back for week one, but safety is not a strength of the New York Giants, and they did not need that injury. I do want to bring up one more thing here that Dave is tweeting about, and it is the uh, Rams running backs. Sean McVay was asked about improving the run game's efficiency and specifically about Cam Akers on Sirius by Alex Marvez. McVay barely mentioned Akers, and when he did, he lumped in Daryl Henderson with him. Uh, McVay also lumped Akers and Henderson together when answering a random question yesterday about players John Wolford has to work with. Point is, he's lately not mentioning one without the other. Feels like he sees them as a duo. That is Dave interpreting Sean McVay's comments about the running backs. Uh, I I thought it was interesting because last week or the week before, I got a little more excited about Akers. Because I'd kind of forgotten they had 14 games last year where either Henderson or Sony Michelle had seven had 16 plus touches. Like there was not very much yeah. committee work happening. There rarely is with them, you know. I know right. they had uh, Todd Gurley for a while, but I uh, we'll see how this plays out. I, I wish I remembered the reports from last year. What the you know what they were saying about Sony Michelle, but Michelle was kind of a late addition, wasn't he? 
after the Acres injury. He was late addition. Right. Okay. All right, let's read your emails. Fantasyfootball at CBSI.com. From Andrew. Dear Leslie, Andy, Ron, and Tom. Jamie, have you ever seen Parks and Rec? No. Oh, missing out. I know. Skip season one, though. Season one's not, not great. I know you did a show on different formats, but didn't have time to do different league sizes. My big money league is 10 teams, full PPR, uh, start two running backs, two wide receivers, and three flexes. How would your strategy change in a 10-team league with three flexes? Can you start five running backs? Yes. It's full PPR. You can start five running backs. You can start five wide receivers. You can start four tight ends. Well, let's start. Let's step back, right? A lot of times what we say about 10-team leagues is you want to try to be elite at every position. So yep. if it were a 10-team league with two running backs, two receivers, and one flex, we might tell you to prioritize a top five tight end or a truly elite quarterback or something like that um, instead of maybe building out running back and wide receiver depth. But what if there are three flexes instead of one flex here? How does that change things, Heath? I'd be less um, interested in drafting wide receivers early. Really? Even though you could start up to five of them. In but I only PPR. have to start two of them. Right, but they're, yeah, but they're very valuable. With PPR, I'd, I'd go heavy receiver. Right, that's what I was, that's why I was a little surprised by what he said. Team league? Yeah. I, the three flexes, though, does make me back off on the you need to get the elite tight end thing. Or quarterback. In a 10-team league, you're going to have a great quarterback. Quarterback for sure, but I, I wouldn't pass up Kelsey or Andrews. No, no, no I wouldn't pass up, but... I wouldn't. I wouldn't say. Okay, I really need to get a top five tight end. But like, that's the the perfect type of league. You can go five receivers in a row. Bam, 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 bam. And then you know, (laughs) while people are starting to chase that position, I mean, look, we're starting to see it in our drafts, which we never really do. I mean, usually our drafts, we end up, you know, oh my god, where where are the running backs? Like the last three or four drafts we've done, where the the running back potential has been so much better at the end of drafts. Um. Yeah. The potential, but also the. I mean, that's just, this is where I I kind of push back. Last time you guys mentioned that, yes, the potential is bigger, but also the potential for them to be completely useless is bigger. Guys like Isaiah Spiller and Daryl Henderson, you know, guys that could just be strictly handcuffs. Sure, but again, when we're comparing them in the ranges of. Devontae Parker and um, Jarvis Landry and Nico Collins. and (laughs) I'd rather. Yeah, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was just laughing at Wandale Robinson. Go ahead, Jamie. Well, I'm just just saying, like, what are those guys going to do for you by comparison to Isaiah Spiller maybe getting a three-week window of the starting running back for the Chargers? I didn't know if it was those guys. I thought it was more like Michael Gallup. uh, All right, I'll I'll reference this draft we did again yesterday. So Why don't we reference ADP? Sure. Okay, so we're looking at what the Spiller range. No, I think Spiller is way too late though. Still in ADP. No, he's going 110th. Chris Olave, Isaiah Spiller, Garrett Wilson, Kadarius Tony, James Robinson, Russell Gage, James Cook, Mike Gesicki, Alan Lazard. Yeah, I mean this is still an area where I think the wide receivers are better. Agreed. Now, if we go a little later, but I think we're also taking a handful of those wide receivers 
significantly yes, sooner. Yes, yes. But like Russell Gage, we're not that excited about him anymore, are we? Heath, you don't get to talk about that. You were on vacation. I was just going to like, <laughs> Chris Godwin's not on the pup. Julio Jones is on the Bucks. All right, let's do another email here. Bolt says he's uncomfortable. Uh, fr- from Trevor. Dear Justin, JC, Joey, and Lance. Heath, you know them, right? Justin, JC, Joey, and Lance? Yeah. Do you think that is in sync or Backstreet Boys or 98 Degrees? I thought it was New Kids on the Block. <laughs> it's in sync, right? Yeah, it's in sync. Come on. All right, 12 teams, Superflex PPR League with two flex spots. In addition to the Superflex, I can keep one of the following Justin Fields in the eighth, Mike Williams in the 11th, or Elijah Mitchell in the 18th round. And he's keeping Mark Andrews and Trey Lance. And he is, and he is the first. Yes, and he is the first overall pick, so he could take Allen, Taylor, or McCaffrey. So he's already got Trey Lance and Mark Andrews. He's got the first overall pick. Now he needs to decide between Fields in the eighth, Mike Williams in the eleventh, or Elijah Mitchell in the eighteenth round. Fields. Yeah, I'd probably go Mitchell and draft Allen. But just like. To be full disclosure, I would keep Fields in the eighth over Lance in the sixth. Oh, that's a good point. But I know nobody else would, but that's a big difference, two round difference in a super flex league. Twelve team super flex league. All right. This is from James Doyle from the Woodlands, Texas. Dear Swan, Ajax, Cowboy, and Rembrandt. No, that's new kids in the block. No, that's in sync. Oh, it's Backstreet Boys. Uh, I've noticed there's not much discussion about Dynasty Leagues. Are there any plans to include more Dynasty talk in the future? I feel like we've talked about Dynasty more this year than we ever have. What the hell? Are as we get to this point in the season, it's hard to have those yeah. conversations at the same level. Yeah. Um, I think we try to weave it into our analysis, though. Adam should just start a new Dynasty podcast. I don't know what the Warriors are, but that would be Swan, Ajax, Cowboy, and Rembrandt. Yeah, I'm sorry we... Don't talk as much Dynasty now. Uh, we'll, we will try to do it. I say that every year. We do year. have a, a Dynasty landing page with updated tiers, rankings, top 150, trade charts, uh, mock drafts, mailbags, all that stuff. Yeah. At cbssports.com, fantasy football page, top right-hand corner. cbssports.com slash fantasy slash football. From Corey, 10-team PPR Dynasty Superflex League. Doing a slow draft right now for rookies. I got Ken Walker at pick 102 and Garrett Wilson at pick 110. This is a 10-team PPR Dynasty Superflex League. Uh, are you excited about any of these guys? Ritter, Willis, Howell, or Coral? Or uh, Corral, pardon me. Ritter, Willis, Howell, or Corral? Uh, how would you rank them in Superflex? Uh, I probably would put Corral ahead of Howell. Ritter, Willis, Corral, Howell. Okay. And this is from Josh. Dear Popeye, Dr. Daniel and Felix. Or Popeye, Dr. Daniel and Felix. No idea. 10-team Superflex, three receiver, half PPR. We have a new rule this season, an additional one point per receiving first down only. Uh, what, uh, What do you think about that? How would that impact your draft? Point for first down, but only receiving first downs. Um, 
I, I read something because the Scott Fishbowl had the half point per receiving first down and rushing first down. And I think the easiest way to look at it is just give everyone a 5% bonus on their receiving yards. But do you basically shy away from any running backs who are not involved in the passing game? Because this More format so, yes. sucks for them. But it's only a half PPR league. So this is moving it probably past PPR, but not not that much. All right. All right, thank you all for the questions and for watching and listening. Apparently, Warriors is a good movie that I need to watch. The Warriors. Sure, why not? Got plenty of time now. All right, for Jamie and Heath, I'm Adam. We got a live stream tonight, 8 p.m. Eastern. Join us. We have a draft board and everything. Join us for our live mock draft on YouTube, youtube.com slash today. We'll see you at 8 p.m. Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody. It's the most all-star studded challenge ever. And this time, it's every competitor for themselves. Best challenge ever! The Challenge All-Stars. New season now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Go to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Terms apply.